5: Kesha and the Creepies is a production of iHeartRadio. Hello, animals. Welcome to Kesha and the Creepies. Today, we are welcoming Youngblood a couple days before, fingers crossed, his record goes number one for the first time. Knock on wood.
1: I'm saying so much British slang now. I'm so <laughs> sorry. I apologize.
5: Don't apologize. I want to know what it means. Would you say
1: barmy, me, Barmy, me. So if you bar me, you're a bit crazy. So if you're like, oh my God, you're crazy. <laughs> Oh my God, you're bombing. So, Emma, you're so fucking crazy. It'd be like, oh my God, you're bombing.
5: Thank you for coming on here. Welcome to Kesha and the Creepies. I appreciate it. Hi. How are you?
0: I'm
1: all right, man. I'm li- sorry. I'm literally like, I haven't slept. I've been, um, m- the album come- came out this week.
5: I know. It's so exciting.
1: So yeah, we're number one in the UK at the minute, but we just got to keep fighting. So we've not slept yet.
5: <laughs> I'm so excited for you. I saw that. This would be your first number one, right?
1: Bro, that's just, yeah, that's just mental. I'm, I'm excited, but I'm just, you know what it's like, stressed.
5: <laughs> it is stress, but like so exciting, especially the first time. It's the best feeling.
1: I feel like I've been holding a wee-in for such a long time. And now I just need to like go and have a wee and let it out. Do you know what I mean?
5: Do you need to go do that?
1: Oh, no. But I mean, <laughs> metaphorically speaking.
5: <laughs> like with your soul.
1: I'm, I, yeah, my soul's been holding a piss in. Yeah. And now it's just like ready to kind of see the toilet and just piss everywhere.
5: I hope it goes, just keep doing whatever you're doing. I assume nothing about anyone, so I have to ask, are you a believer in the supernatural?
1: Oh, absolutely. I'm literally straight out of the nightmare before Christmas, me.
5: Oh, cute, Tim Burton, right?
1: Always, man, anything kind of spooky and supernatural. Halloween and Christmas are both my favorite times of the year. Same. It's like that constant debate if you're like in Gryffindor or Slytherin, you know what I mean?
5: Well, I don't, what does that mean? A Gryffindor, a Slytherin?
1: Sli- Gryffindor and Slytherin, Harry Potter.
5: I've never seen Harry Potter. I feel like an asshole.
6: Harry Potter?
5: What? <laughs> what? You know what? I had this, like, intuition last night. I was like, I need to watch Harry Potter. I'm going to get shit for never seeing Harry Potter. I knew it was going to happen.
1: We're literally on the phone with the most English person in history. <laughs> and it's like, I'm just like,
5: you haven't seen Harry Potter? What? <laughs> Okay, I'm gonna watch it tonight. I feel like an asshole. I knew I was gonna get in trouble because after you I'm talking to a wizard.
1: You're talking to a wizard?
5: Yeah (laughs) So
1: I just like I love that man. Is he a naughty wizard? I hope he's a naughty wizard
5: I think he's just like full spectrum. He likes all the colors the dark the light all of it He teaches how to be a wizard.
1: I love that. Does he have a mad beard and like a point? Yes,
5: yes, like full-on not fucking around no joke real wizard and I think he's going to be pissed. I haven't seen Harry Potter too, so I'm, like, double fucked.
1: If, you, if you're on the phone to Dumbledore and you don't know by, it, I'm going to be pissed.
5: <laughs> I might be. <laughs> but so, your record is feeling like you're, like, ready to explode. It's exciting because hopefully next year you'll be able to tour it.
1: Oh, but I can't wait to get back on tour. I think, like, if anyone knows, like, me um, as Youngblood, hello if you do, if you don't, nice to meet you. I'm, I'm sorry I've been talking about we for two minutes. Um <laughs> I think Youngblood is such a community, you know what I mean? I think I grew up a lot of my life feeling like I I didn't belong anywhere and I found a community of people. And I think when you find somewhere to belong, it's like you figure out you got lungs for the first time, you know, and you're just like, (gasps) and the best feeling in the world was to to be with those people and to tour and to kind of do that. So I can't wait to get back and just feel the energy, man.
5: Fuck yeah, me too. I miss my fans. Like I miss the whole experience.
1: Bro, same everything. Rolling up on the bus looking at the people who have been camped out in the line giving them a cuddle like asking people, because where I'm from it's freezing cold so normally I get everyone like cups of tea or (laughs) pizza just like delivered down the line and then just like hearing the crowd just roar and then just bang and just watching a mosh pit and just so getting sweaty—it's
5: the best feeling. That feeling of going to a show for me, like whether I'm on stage or I'm in the audience, it just feels like the most cathartic release of energy that I—I I can't even imagine something same. It's kind of like—I don't know. It's better than sex. It's better than anything else I can think of.
1: Bro, yeah, I man, it's—it's mad. It just feels like feels like if the world's a torch. Then, like, going on stage is like a laser beam. Everything just gets fucking refined into that one feeling. It just, like, blows your head off and you're just like,
5: <laughs> And you're around people that have, like, you have a common interest in feeling like a complete outsider.
1: Absolutely, man. It's just like that one place in the world where you know every single person in that crowd feels the same way as you do. And
5: you all feel weird as fuck.
1: Weird as fuck, but proud of it, you know what I mean?
5: Yeah, and a place to feel safe feeling so weird and knowing you're not alone is something that I feel like we have similar relationships with our fans. Like, they mean everything to me. Completely. I would be nowhere, I'd be nothing, I'd be so depressed without my community of people, my animals.
1: Dude, absolutely, man. It's such that they're the middle, they're the beginning, the middle and the end of the story.
5: And you give them that place. It's almost like being a preacher,
1: well, that's it, man. It's like, as I say, like, and, and with this record, I wanted to write an album about the weirdest years of our lives, even if there wasn't a pandemic going on right now. Like, I wanted to write an album on identity and gender and sexuality and drugs and heartbreak and love and every single emotion that you go through. And I just wanted to write an album of truth, man. I think the reason why me and my fan base were so connected is because we tell the truth, even if it gets us in trouble. I think music can have such an agenda, you know what I mean? An emotive. And I just wanted to write this album for a reason.
5: I read a quote, I think you said this, and I'm probably going to fuck it up. But unless you have a message behind the song, you're just a singer. But you have to be, to be an artist. You have to have a message in the music.
1: Yeah, I genuinely believe that.
5: I do too. And I like so appreciate you've talked about guns and gun violence is insane in the US. One of your videos, you're like wearing a machine gun.
1: As a baby, yeah. I, I, I literally like, I think first time I came to America to see that from a place where that is not around kind of blew my mind and learning the facts about it. I needed to write about it. And I spoke to like after every show, no matter how big they are, I'm outside the show every night. Like, I don't know, it goes crazy. We like shut down streets and that, but I hear the most incredible stories. And I heard the fear about all that. And I I literally just wanted to radiate a message. Guns kill kids, but can the kids kill the guns? And I think, yeah, they can. I think all my music, especially within this album, radiates kind of the intelligence of my generation because of social media and because of the connection and because of the ever evolving state of how we learn things, you know, I think a lot of young people are very tapped in and very intelligent because we stand for one mutual ideology that that's, we all want everyone we know to feel loved and feel equal. Even your mate, even the bloke down the street buying milk and sugar You know what I mean? You want him to feel equal and you want him to feel good about himself.
5: Yeah, I feel for me, it's I just want to feel safe in my body, in my gender, in my sexuality, in the color of one's skin. I just want people to feel safe being themselves and be themselves unapologetically. I feel so much growing up like I was just so embarrassed because I was made to feel like such a fucking freak. And I wasn't even that, I mean, it was kind of a freak, but I wasn't that big of a freak. And I've just seen, like, as I've toured around the world, there's so many people that are like, I feel uncomfortable in my skin and I was made fun of and I was bullied and people gave me shit and they think I'm going to hell because I'm gay or I'm transgender and I can't tell my parents. All of these stories that I think have influenced your music, the song on your new record, isn't that about one of your fans?
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah, I remember... The whole album is about people, you know what I mean? This whole album is about the people I've met all across the world and kind of the impact that they've had on my life. They all kind of redefined every single thing I think I've ever felt. And Mars is about a specific event where I met a young transgender girl in Maryland God, I can't remember what her face looked like, but I remember that she had green lipstick on and a green matching duffel coat, and we were on wood chippings. I remember the ground was wood chippings, and I can't remember what her face looked like. But she came up to me, and she told me that her parents just couldn't quite fathom or comprehend the idea that she was, and in fact always had been their daughter. And they, they thought it was some weird alienistic attention-seeking phase that she was going through, and and she had I'll say in the lyrics, she had the saddest pair of eyes that I'd ever seen because I just looked at someone who was so in pain for being just who they are. It really ripped me heart out. And she told me that in her head, all she wanted to do was try and kind of try and get her parents to a Youngblood show because they would see other young people like her and, and see the energy and the passion. <laughs> she said that she saved up and got good grades so that they would have no excuse but to come to the show. And the parents came and they saw other people like her and they saw the sheer defiance, I think, to be anything other than exactly who they are. Yeah, they yeah, accepted her as the baby girl, man, and that blew my mind, that story, because I was just like, this community, because Youngblood ain't me, Youngblood is us, man, you know what I mean? It can have an effect on someone's life like that. It just blew blew my mind, and, and I, I, I'm trying to find her, but I don't know, maybe she don't want to be found, but like one big, big dream of mine is to kind of go uh, uh, and play an arena in Maryland, touch wood, and... I'm on stage and I play that song and I know it's about her and she knows it's about her. No fucker else knows it's about her, but everyone's singing it. And we just have that moment and I just know she's there.
5: Because of her parents coming to your show, her family then accepted her as their daughter.
1: Yeah, and supported her through through kind of like a transition. Oh, that's
5: amazing because I love the song and that's what I had read about it. And of course, I was also wondering if you're a Bowie fan.
1: Oh, madly, yeah, I, 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 I obsessed, obsessed with David. Yeah, I think everything uh, uh, the, the way the way he kind of influenced culture and visuals and and makeup and the way kind of his legend he radiated his kind of legend status because it was hard for him. You know, what I mean, I think a lot of people don't know that Bowie. Had a hard fucking time. Not many people got him, especially at the beginning of his career. No one got him. No one got him for a long, long time. But he persevered, man.
5: I feel like there's this underlying thing, because I have a song called Spaceship on a record from five years ago, but just feeling like looking to the sky or something, because I don't feel like I'm from here either. And I just feel like a lot of artists that I talk to, a lot of people that I talk to, don't understand it because we've created this whole reality that doesn't really it, there's not a lot of real people having real conversations about the real stuff and then as soon as you do at least in America it's like oh she's crazy she's high or whatever
1: yeah but I think I think I think that's it but I just, it's just about radiating the idea that like if you have a different way of expressing yourself and a different imagination, if people resent you or put you down for that, they just can't fathom your level of imagination. And that's that's nothing to hurt yourself about. That's something to to kind of even maybe celebrate yourself for. It's like, don't get hurt by someone who can't even fathom your whole identity.
5: Yeah. Well, it's also they just might not see you. And I for me, it was always a struggle to be seen and heard for who I am and I feel like you're really very who you are and it's sometimes hard to be like that I don't know if you feel that way but I would have this exuding confidence but then actually get backstage and be like oh fuck did I just make an ass of myself
1: dude massively I I think I think the thing about it is there's a big difference between being loved and being understood yeah When I was growing up, I was loved a lot, but never quite understood. And sometimes you'd rather be understood than actually loved, because I think if people don't understand you, then they don't even know you. So how can they love you? They love an idea of you.
0: A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabrielle Collins, and this season... Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Hey,
4: girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. but it's going to be one hell of a ride. <gasps> what? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: We started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. <laughs> you couldn't believe it.
2: From iHeart Podcasts,
6: It's always the feeling when you're getting ready to, you know, people give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. People quit. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
5: I've had a lot of my own turmoil in that because a lot of my music at the beginning of my career was really fun and also indicative of one side of my personality. So for six years people only saw or heard one side of my whole personality so it's kind of like what you're saying I felt very loved but at the same time not necessarily totally seen
1: yeah completely
5: so to like balance it out it's been such a fucking process and also speaking truth like you said I think is the most important thing
1: completely because that's what stands the test of time you know I mean anyone can say anything and it'd be be cool for a second and so I always say about, like, trends and being trendy, don't pay attention to trends because trends die. You know what I mean? Trends inevitably die because that's the whole point of it.
5: It kind of seems like there are no original ideas. It's everything in your brain is an amalgamation of everything you've consumed from, like, being in utero to right now. And you're just kind of, like, barfing that back out into the world. At least that's what I feel like. Like, I've just consumed all of the art, the information, the people, the books, the movies, and then in my art, it's almost an expression of my collection in my brain.
1: Absolutely, man. I, th- I, think, I think that's a brilliant way of looking at it. I think it's like everything you've ever seen is floating around above your head and then it's just going to fall into your mouth.
5: Yes. And so I, I have a bad habit of watching really shitty reality TV shows. <laughs> so I need to stop doing that because... It's going in my brain. It's going to start falling out of my mouth. I need to stop that process. So funny. There's a guy named Hayam Ashed. He was the head of Israeli space security program for 30 years. And he said mankind has made contact with an alien galactic federation, but it's being kept secret because humanity isn't ready. Trump was going to tell everybody, but people aren't ready and it's too chaotic right now. And they had to intervene and there's an underground base in the depths of Mars where their representatives are, and also our American astronauts are there. So this is just check it out later if you're bored. That's
1: crazy, yeah, I've got it. Send me that. That's mental.
5: Well, I just have this feeling that I know there's creatures in space, like I know that, but I have a feeling they're gonna make we're gonna make some contact soon, like really soon.
1: I would love that, man. I hope they don't hurt us. I'd love to like be mainstream alien.
5: I would like just go right into the spaceship and just. I want to see what's out there,
1: dude. That'd be so sick, man. I want to, yeah. I want to play like a gig on the moon or something.
5: Fuck yeah, me too. I
1: <laughs> mean, that'd be so cool to do like a live stream from space.
5: The song Teresa, I was listening to that. Is that about a ghost? It is.
1: Yeah, it literally is. It's 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 about um, a girl who told me her boyfriend died and kind of my, but she, she said he feels like she feels like he's 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 with her all the time and. I felt that heavy because I felt like a big connection. We like, we fan base and that, you know what I'm saying? I think to feel loved and to feel accepted is something that never leaves you because people die, but energy doesn't die. Energy can't die, can't be destroyed, that's science.
5: the laws of inertia.
1: You know what I'm saying? That's that can't be destroyed, it can only be transferred. You know what I'm saying? And I think, I believe in that, you know what I mean? Energy can't die and, and and that song is legitimately about like kind of a ghost and some weird higher power.
5: So, okay, higher power. What's your version of that? Do you subscribe to any particular?
1: Bro, I literally kind of, I feel really weird oh, a lot. You know what I mean? I think I love kind of graveyards and shit. You know what I mean? I always are, but kind of like going out in a graveyard. I don't know, I like feeling things. I think I, 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 that sounds really weird, but I feel like artists who uh, have kind of, I think when an artist sings, or when an artist writes something down, like if you hear a record, man, like if you hear a, a fucking record when it's captured in that moment, that in that spooky as fuck that you listen to a Bowie record now and he's long gone. You listen to an Amy record, but they're still speaking to you and and kind of creating the exact same emotion as they would do if they were here.
5: It's a way to live forever. I feel like that's one of the reasons I make music is because it'll be here for when I'm gone.
1: Dude, it's so fucking crazy. And that's what I mean. It's just like, I feel like, a, I don't know, I feel like there's people on my shoulder sometimes.
5: Like angels or like just like a higher power?
1: Or, or whatever idea or thought or quote or li- emotion that someone sang down a microphone or wrote on a piece of paper through a pen or acted into a camera put into the world kind of that hit me in a way almost became a little bit of my energy and a little bit of my what makes me up a little bit of my blood and guts do you know what I mean yeah that sounds fucking mad as fuck
5: not to me at all I feel like we're all one And we're all kind of mirrors to each other and we're all...
1: Made up of the same shit, man.
5: Yeah, we're all made up of the same stuff. We all breathe the same air.
1: What we choose to do with that stuff that makes us individual.
5: Yeah, and you can... I always talk about how I feel like my body and my hair and all of that. It's just like I'm a Christmas tree. So I decorate it and I like to look fucking crazy. Do you have a gold tooth too? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, me too.
1: Cute. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Gold tooth guy.
5: Yeah, it's cute. Um, my mom hates it.
1: Say, <laughs> my mom hates it. So it looks like, she's like, it looks like I you haven't your teeth. I'm like, mom, for fuck's sake. I was like, mom, I like me gold tooth. She's like, I don't mind keeping like a pirate. I'm like, all right, go.
5: My mom says I look like I'm missing a tooth, which it does sometimes. If it doesn't catch the light, it looks like you're missing a tooth.
1: Kind of hard, though.
5: You would like, I think you and my mom would get along. Really, <laughs> yeah, I write a lot of songs with my mom, which is weird sounding, but she's a songwriter. Wasn't your dad in the band with T Rex though? Yeah, my
1: granddad played with him a couple of times in the 70s, but my dad, my old man, runs a guitar shop.
5: Oh, cool, where?
1: Yeah, in London. He's got, yeah, he used to have one in Donny and then he had one in London for a bit.
5: So you were like, grew up with the musical.
1: I literally grew up on a counter, like when I was younger. There's literally a picture of me outside the hospital, six hours old, in a car seat on my dad's counter with a Beatles ukulele on, uh, on the moon.
5: <laughs> That's so cute. My mom used to stick me on the stage when she would play shows in the guitar case so I wouldn't fall off the stage.
1: Oh my God, I need to see a picture of that. That's so cute. <laughs>
5: yeah, she was wild. She was definitely wild.
1: Yeah, that is crazy.
5: I can't believe your dad played for T-Rex. I love T-Rex. Yeah,
1: my granddad, man, he played like a couple times with him apparently in the 70s. Because what you do when you come to the north, a lot of times people have like house band and house musicians. You know what I mean? And I was like, that's so sick.
5: Have you seen pictures of that? That just sounds... I'm obsessed with Mark Bolan. I just did a cover of... Name.
1: yeah. He's, he's literally just like... He, he used to play like... He used to play like Whirly. He's got... um. He, he's still like got a big old curly perm and like looks like he took too much acid in the 70s. You know I
5: mean? right, he probably did.
1: Well, absolutely. One too, one too many tabs, I think.
5: Same with my mom. Do you know my mom told me to never take acid? And it's one of the few drugs that I won't touch with a 10-foot pole because
1: I believe her. She's batshit crazy. <laughs>
5: yes. And I'm like, she's like, just don't touch the acid and I was like okay I hear you so I don't fuck with acid
2: don't touch the acid (laughs) man
5: I feel like in hindsight it's because you see things that you can't unsee not I've never taken it but I've seen it now through just like in life and through other ways
1: yeah but it heightens your subconscious and it's like whoa
5: yeah and your consciousness just kind of explodes
1: takes over
5: have you ever tried it you don't have to tell me if you don't
1: want to nah, i've never tried acid man I, i'd like to i like mushrooms i like magic mushrooms they're crazy
5: i do too i read that you were put on ritalin
1: for a, li- for a little while yes well
5: i was too it just made me really it made me kind of tired
1: but it makes you a proper like oh, man. You know i mean i was like a walking zombie
5: then you made a like comic out of it yeah
1: Oh, bro, yeah, Twisted Tales and Ritalin Club. I just I just wanted to make some, again, like, I have these mad ideas. I wanted it to be like Centrinians meets Deadpool meets fucking, I don't know, Skins, you know what I mean? Where it's foreign things and, yeah, I just wanted it to be, like, real as fuck about young people and what to go through, but have this kind of superhero, supernatural element to it.
5: I love that. So what kind of supernatural powers do you think people really... Have if you don't try to stifle them. Like if you could be what you truly could be.
1: Yeah, exactly. The thing about it is so, like for example, so the school that the, the comic is set in a, in an high school where the for, uh, where the kind of the teachers force the students to wear masks and take prescription drugs to censor their personality for the good of the world, um, so that so they can learn and they can kind of fall in line and do the good things they need to do. You know, um, and the Rittling Club are kind of a group of people who either the drug didn't work, or they managed to get the masks off, or it fell off somehow, and they all have superpowers. Like Harmony's a shapeshifter, and she doesn't can't figure out, and she's in turmoil if she wants to be a boy or a girl. But at the end of the day, she kind of it kind of represents she, that she's non-binary, and that kind of everything that that is, and people used as a floor against her, is actually a superpower, you know, or kind of like...
5: I love that. Yeah,
1: you know I mean, like crazy stuff like that as a as an example. And in the new comic, it's like they go to college and basically what happens is they try drugs for the first time, which is funny. They take acid at a party and what they do is by taking acid, the, the, the world goes topsy-turvy and they enter another dimension... And the comic is becomes manga. So they're going to like a Japanese manga comic art thing. So I just want to flip it on its head. And then inside the manga world, there's evil versions of themselves that are trying to get into the real world. It all gets pretty fucking weird. But as I say, it's 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 cool.
5: That sounds about like what I think the world is
1: like. Well, exactly. Dude, it's literally got so many references to the real world. It's like... There's literally a guy called the ice cream man who sells automatic weapons from his ice cream truck.
5: That sounds like America. I mean,
1: no, it's like, I wanted it to, it's like, whoa, fuck, this is dark.
5: It's not, that's not that dark. I think the dark part is that that's not that far from reality. What do you think like your superpower is that the Ritalin was trying to kill?
1: I think probably a super, super loud voice.
5: Did you get, were you ever quiet?
1: Oh, fucking loud as fuck. Everyone said that. It's like, Dominic energy not volume <laughs> my whole life
5: I've been told I'm loud too so I get it
1: yeah barmy army
5: what did you just say
1: but that's what I'm saying I'm saying so much British slang now I'm so sorry <laughs> I apologize
5: don't apologize I want to know what it means would you say barmy dog barmy
1: army so if you bar me, you're a bit crazy so if you're like oh my god you're crazy <laughs> Oh my god, you're balmy. It's like, oh my god, you're so fucking crazy. It'd be like, (laughs) oh my god, you're balmy.
5: Is that my accent? Okay, wait, I'm gonna try it. Oh my god, you're so balmy.
1: Oh Oh my god. That's (laughs) made me well happy. That's what I'm saying. Oh my god, you're so fucking balmy. Oh my god, just. Fucking
5: me. I sound like an idiot.
1: You nailed it. You nailed that shit. That's actually the best one. No, people really try and do that. I'm a bit like. Mm.
5: <laughs> Mine's pretty bad. I go a little like Australian.
1: Everyone always thinks I'm Australian when I come to America. Everyone's always like, "You're Australian." I'm like, "No, man. I'm from I'm from Doncaster." And they're like, "Where?" I'm like, "Manchester." I'm like, "Oh my god, yeah, like the football team."
5: you're really good at um california accents
1: yeah here we come <laughs> i
5: was listening to your song beverly hills too because i live like 10 minutes away from beverly hills
1: do you ever move here i've been yeah i've lived there i've lived in um i've lived in venice i've lived in hollywood you live. oh you live in venice oh yeah. sick! i love venice man i used to live on the venice canals got a great white for a coffee in the morning yeah Nice that's
5: crazy. Okay, the canals are the shit. I love them.
1: Yeah, I love the canals. Um, but yeah, I'm very English man. Do you know what I mean I like fish and chips, Yorkshire tea, and long walks with my dog in the rain.
5: <laughs> sounds very moody. It sounds very emo.
1: Very emo and graveyards.
5: And graveyards. Yeah, you love graveyards. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Tell me, dog, I'm pissing on some dead person. I'm like, stop.
5: I think that that's kind of fine i don't know i think that it's like a little bit less precious we're all gonna die so i personally want people to dance on my grave
1: saying, it's like spit on me and just like dance on me pour it just, out you really need a piss man just go for a piss
5: just have a piss
1: we spoke about piss a lot in this show
5: i my my manager's here and she's british
1: are you english where's she from Cardiff Wales Cardiff? Oh no The Valleys
5: She said your accent's like not great
1: I mean The the Welsh accent's so hard to do The Welsh accent is the hardest Language in existence
5: Yeah I don't know what she's saying Like most of the time and now she's wearing a mask So she'll talk at me and I'll be like I don't know, sorry (laughs) But where you're from There's a bunch of haunted Places there
6: there's a lot of
1: old stuff, man. There's a lot of old, crazy stuff. And my granddad used to live in a place that was like Bilks. It was such an old country. Apparently Robin Hood had stayed there once. Oh, my God. So when you went to the house, it was so old and so cold, like big stone walls in Yorkshire. And um, I could hear things at night. I felt someone breathing on my neck once.
5: Oh, so you've like felt, you've had experiences. Yeah, man,
1: I've seen I've seen a ghost before, yeah. I've seen my grandma, she died. I've seen her before, flat out.
5: Want to tell me that story?
0: A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabrielle Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the tonne.
4: Listen to Season 2 of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: We started talking about this
1: incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. <laughs> you couldn't believe it.
2: From iHeartPodcasts, It's
1: like the police knew
2: who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption.
1: it's always the feeling when you're getting ready to, you know, people give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. People quit.
6: Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, yeah
1: so basically me, um, me grandmother, um, she's the best, best lady ever. Like, always wore leopard print, red nails, and she, she was an alcoholic. She died of alcoholism. She drank to death. And I remember she, she retired to Spain with my granddad and she'd always sit in this fucking, in this living room and I'd see her at three in the morning. So I've always been a night owl. I'd come downstairs at like three in the morning and I'd just smoke a spliff. I would always see her and she'd always let me off. She'd be like, I'd be like, Shh, I won't tell your mother.
5: So she was cool?
1: Yeah, she was cool as fuck. Um, and then she passed away. And I, I went to my granddad's place three, probably two, three years ago. No, less, less, less a year ago. My grandma had been gone five years now, maybe about five years now. And I saw her. I literally swear to God, I saw her. I seen her sat in the chair drinking a glass of wine. What'd you do? When I fucking freaked the fuck out. So I ran out of the kitchen. You can see into the living room from the kitchen. So I walked back in. I'm getting kind of freaked out. I walked in. She was still there, and then I, like, blinked again, and she'd gone.
5: She was there.
1: She was literally there, and I wasn't even smoking a spliff that night.
5: Yeah, that was going to be my next question. Yeah, no,
1: no, completely, came down for a drink of water, and maybe a a, a cheeky Kit Kat or something. And I see my grandma just having a glass of wine, chilling in a polka dot, gray dressing gown, and her slippers.
5: I fully think she probably just wanted to say hello to you.
1: That's what I'm saying. I speak to my grandmother all the time. She's like, she's ba- my grandad's like, she's back, you know, a cleaner. Saw her yesterday. I'm, I'm like, I swear to God, I normally be like, oh, he's fucking, he's losing it, isn't he shit crazy, him. But he fucking, like, I've seen it. So I'm like, trust man. Like everyone's like, ah, oh, he's going, he's losing his bloody marbles. I'm like, trust me, I fucking seen her.
5: I've seen things like that, too, that when you talk about them almost, it just sounds like, oh, you're insane. You're crazy. And you're like, listen, I saw it or I felt it. Like when you feel the touch or breath or smell something that is like human like, but there's no human attached to it. You can't ignore it once you've experienced it.
1: Not kind else chance.
5: So you're a full believer, I guess.
1: Oh, dude, yeah, I'm mad for it. I mean, you I thought it was a load of bollocks till then. I was like, yeah, whatever.
5: I just thought it was fun. I would, like, go take pictures. My first photo shoot was in a graveyard.
1: Yeah, I was like, I love Tim Burton. You know what I mean? Love Loved Halloween.
5: Halloween's not really a thing over there, though, I thought.
1: Nah, it, I mean, it depends what family you're in. Do you know what I mean? Depends what family you're from. But still, you get dressed up.
5: I had, like, a weird Halloween there because I was over there, and for me, I was, like, ready to fucking go and I went out and there was nobody dressed up and I was like what is going on why is no one dressed up for Halloween it's like a different night
1: yeah it's more like everyone goes out it's kind of like get absolutely hammered I, I don't know I love dressing up I think like I wear a lot of makeup you know what I mean I, I wear a lot of I kind of love wearing like skirts I feel like very sexy in a skirt and shit um and Halloween kind of was the first I don't know time I did anything like that. I was like, I got to put on a costume. And then that costume turned out not to be a costume and turned out to be, oh, fuck, I think this is who I am. You know what I mean?
5: Yeah, it's a gateway. Completely. I think I have the same affinity for the holiday because I could just smear makeup all over and just look like a total, quote unquote, insane person. And it was acceptable to go out in public like that. Whereas any other night of the year... It's not okay, but for, so for me, when I play shows, it's like, for me, it's like fucking Halloween meets like my birthday. <laughs> it's the best.
1: dude. Yeah, that's what I'm saying to you on it. It's just like, I just loved it. I just found like solidarity and solace and peace in it.
5: Do you still, because you like are, you're non-binary, right?
1: I wouldn't say I'm non-binary. I'd, I'd say I, I identify as a man, but I think in terms of in terms of what I wear, I think there's all a load of bollocks, to be honest. I think it, putting people in boxes for what they wear is is a, a fucking tra- travesty. I think I think boxes are for cereal, man.
5: I fully agree with you.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think the thing about it is, I think sexuality is such an ever-evolving thing. I think there's a sexual revolution going on right now because it is evolving so quickly in the term the terminology and the kind of. The the adjectives to are vastly becoming apparent every day, so people can go, do you know what? I think I'm that, or I think I'm that, or whoa, well, maybe I'm a little bit of that. But my friend the other day told me about that, and people can start to identify and express themselves freely and without judgment because of the kind of sexual revolution that's going on right now in in kind of society and especially that's been forefronted by by kind of the, the You know, I mean, our generation.
5: Yeah. I remember 10 years ago, almost, when TikTok came out, gay marriage was not legal. And there were certain shows we would play where people would be protesting because we'd have a rainbow flag. And I wasn't allowed to play China because I have a lot of LGBTQ plus fans, my animals. And it just kind of blows my mind that that's still even a conversation.
1: Yeah, but it's it's mental and it? it's 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 crazy. It's like, look what's going on in Poland right now. Do you know what I mean? Like oppression against like the L- um, LGBTQAI AI plus community. It's just like it's mad that this is still happening. Like today, the kind of I have a lot of fans in Poland. I love Poland. I almost see Poland as like a second home because Polish kids are so fucking loud and so proud because they're facing that oppression. Do you know what I'm saying? It's fucked. But I think the reason why kind of old white dudes try and cling on to this old ideology so much is because they know that we're going to fucking win in the end. You know what I'm saying? And it frightens them to death. So they're just trying to cling on for as long as fucking possible because they know that that the fight's over.
5: I sometimes feel like, and this is a generalization, but not all of them, but I have a song called rich white straight men kind of about this topic that a lot of, Older, wealthy, straight men that I've had interactions with just like having the power and it feels very safe. And anytime something is disruptive to the boxes that they have in their mind and that kind of blows it out of the water, and it's like, no, you can't put a person in a box. You can't put someone's gender identity or what they're attracted to. Like it can be fluid. I feel like it's really confusing and it's alarming. It's unnerving. And it makes the ground they walk on shake a little bit. I think it's a scary.
1: They can't fathom it in their imagination.
5: I also wonder if they're even having sex or like have ever imagined the thought of sexual freedom, really?
1: Yeah, that's probably not even an option because at the end of the day, how can you know that the sky blue if what you've been taught is the sky's green your whole life? You got to figure that out for yourself. I think people are kind of force-fed this ideology and this formula that creates a byproduct of people. You know what I'm saying? And that's the way it is. And that's out up to us as our generation to like fuck that formula off and stop that formula.
5: How you identify should have nothing to do with the law to me. It's so archaic that you should have to define your sexuality or gender. Balmy. Balmy. Balmy.
1: No, I got pressure <laughs> to say balmy. Come on.
5: Balmy. <laughs> I have like a couple stupid questions, so feel free to get stupid.
6: Yeah.
5: If you could have dinner with one person, dead or alive, who would it be? Why?
1: Oh man, Bowie, absolutely Bowie. Just like talk about shit.
5: I'd be so nervous.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I yeah, I don't even. Again, I'm I'm like mumbling now. i would be like. <Rap-ại>
5: Okay, Bowie. He'd be up there for me. Mine would be like Bowie or maybe Prince. Okay, what's the weirdest thing that's ever happened to you?
1: The weirdest thing that's ever happened to me. Fuck. Oh god. The weirdest thing that's ever. Feel free ever... to
5: think about that because I bet there's some pretty weird shit you have experienced.
1: The weirdest shit. That's... I mean, the one of the weirdest times was that I was in a haunted house, right? And we fucking. I went in with my auntie Dina. And my best friend, right, and like my mom's best mate. And this was probably the, like the weirdest day ever. We went to this like theme park, this like Christian theme park, and I was like, "Fuck!" And I looked like a, I looked like a crawled out of Satan's asshole because I'd have me like spikes on and fucking hair and fucking boots and shit. So,
5: where's the Christian theme park? Just side note.
1: I don't know. It was like some. I don't. I can't even remember what it was fucking called. It was like some. I don't know, some a load of bollocks. Anyway, we go into this Christian-ified haunted house, so it's about as scary as a fucking lollipop. But with this fucking door that's shaking. Me fucking auntie shoves me out of the way, <laughs> breaks me fucking nose, right, and runs off. I get knocked out and I wake up at this fucking cowboy show. Where I was like, hey, kids, terrible fucking American accents because you're at some mad Christian camp in fucking Surrey or something. And Surrey's in in like the middle of the countryside. Um, Everyone who's American, who was like, what is this dickhead talking about? And I'm like, watching the fucking cowboys, and she looks at me because I've just woken up from being knocked out by my auntie who's pushed over a nine-year-old.
5: Your auntie sounds like a strong beast.
1: Oh, she don't give a fuck, bro. She's like ripped as fuck. I mean, bottom lips wobbling, and she's like, she remembers like I, was, I remember watching you, like you're trying to watch the Cowboys, and my lips going because <laughs> I didn't want to cry. <laughs> is
5: it because she was scared of the door? Fucking
1: door! I was like, when a Christian on a at you know what I'm saying? It's about as scary as a fucking.
5: <laughs> I love, I love that story.
1: I know, fucking broke my nose at bloody nine The bitch
5: <laughs> <laughs> I've never broken my nose Knock on wood but That sounds like a really good way It's a good story to have If you're going to get your nose broken by your auntie
1: No bloody feeling <laughs>
5: That's fucked up If you would rather like spend time with aliens or ghosts like What you would be more Excited about
1: That would be crazy I love history, I love the past so I'd love to talk about like what people have seen firsthand.
5: Interesting. I'm the opposite because I want to see what's out there. I want to go to the future.
1: That's yeah, cool as fuck.
5: <laughs> what's your favorite scary movie or has one like scarred you for life?
1: Well, I love *Midsummer*. 824.
5: So fucked up.
1: I love that fucking film, which is like,
5: whoa. Yeah. Did you see the same people? Uh, the same director made *Hereditary*. Did you ever see *Hereditary*?
1: Hereditary. Oh yeah, yeah. That's fucking. That's like what crazy when she's on the the fucking wall at the end, like with Bad. the
5: chop, the head chopping.
1: Yeah, it's fucked.
5: <laughs> I think my favorite from when I was a little kid. Have you ever seen *The Shining*?
1: Um, I, I, I do you know, what? I've never seen *The Shining*. Never. Oh, seen you have it. to. Never fucking seen it. That, that's mental. Never okay. seen it.
5: It's really it's a slow burn, but it's scary as fuck.
1: Yeah, bro. So that's what I'm saying. Everyone's so me that, but I love I love all I love fucking like anything scary, man. I love I love that's why I love Midsommar because It's real as fuck. Yeah. No, it was like real. It was like, whoa, that could happen. Fuck.
5: Well, I think it has happened. Just yeah. people getting into community and taking drugs and killing themselves. That's called a cult. We have a fair amount of cults over here. I don't know about over there, but we got cults. Last question. Are you a witch?
1: Um, I'm a wizard.
5: Okay, that's fine. Okay, so as a wizard, what's like your manifesto and who's in your coven?
1: Fucking hell. Whoa, all right, I'm going to say. This fuck is it. important. I mean, this is important. Like, you just basically asked me what the fuck my life means. Yeah. What's my manifesto? I would probably say to kind of hypnotize everyone into making sure that everyone feels equal as fuck. And who's in my manifesto? Michelle Obama stood right next to me with a fucking big wand, just waving at people.
5: I'm in. I love that. Now you can shamelessly promote anything you would like to and tell people where to find you.
1: Hello, everybody. This is me, Youngblood, shamelessly promoting myself. At Youngblood, Y-U-N-G-B-L-U-D, double the U, double the fucking flavor. This product could contain serious mental harm. Go on. And, um... And loads of cuddles.
5: Aww, love that! All right, I hope you get your number one. Cheers to that!
1: Thank you for having me. I loved. I loved it. It was great to get spooky with.
5: Yeah, it was fun. It was really nice to meet you and having a chat of shit.
1: Dude, I love it. Rock and roll. I'll see you.
5: (laughs) See you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Keep on creeping on. Stay creepy, San Diego. Goodbye.